and then after a couple of years living in Portugal, I suffered like um, sexual abuse also. We're talking about an, an appropriate touching with a child, you know, repeatedly over the years until I was a teenager. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. You are listening to Don't Be Afraid to Talk podcast with James. If you are listening for the first time, you are welcome. Talking and listening is key for growth, and I hope our stories will bring us together and we can draw inspiration from each other. Conversation will include topics such as mental and physical health, trauma and its effect, suicidal thoughts, recovery, and well being. We will continue to raise awareness and offer a different perspective a mindset or an idea that could inspire you to take charge of your well-being and to grow as a human being. Thank you for joining us today. Today I'm joined by Erica who's going to share with you her story of childhood trauma. If you are listening today, have an open mind and we hope you can learn something from this episode. Erica, how are you? Good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm happy. I happy well, for the people who are listening, I don't know if it's Friday, but for me it is Friday. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it is Friday, yeah. Yeah. I'm doing good. That's <laughs> good. good. Yeah. Um can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay, this is the kind of question that I don't even know where to start because I'm <laughs> so all over the place. But my name is Erica. Um, I am a 35-year-old uh, black woman born in Angola, Africa and raised in Portugal. Um, I am a certified life coach. I am also a yoga teacher, amongst other things. I love writing. I am a blogger as well. Um, and my whole work pretty much just uh, revolves around my, my purpose, which is like to help people who have been through trauma, uh, like myself. I'm sure we're going to get into, into it later on, but that's pretty much like the base of everything that I do in social media related or when I'm blogging or when I'm coaching people. So that's just a little bit about me, but that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I get to share right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's great. Um, before we kick off, we're going to play a quick game. Oh, my God. It's a, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a quick icebreaker. It's a five words. And I'll give you a word and you say the first thing that comes to your mind. Oh, my God. My brain is crazy, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> now you're feeling the stress. <laughs> okay. The first word is family. Uh, just the words. Yeah. Complicated. Next word is together. Better. Compassion. Essential. Children. Heroes. <laughs> Last one. And <laughs> recovery. Hard. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh my God. Did I do okay? <laughs> there's, there's no right or wrong answers. 
No, there's no one micing. I'm not micing anything off. There's no right or wrong. It's just two. God, I'm a writer. Like, you cannot ask me for a word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm fine. My first question is, so how was growing up for you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Terrible. Okay, no, sorry. We're still we're not playing now. Uh okay, my childhood for me, um, it was we we said the word trauma like I think three times since we started. But but yeah, that's it. My childhood was very traumatic. Uh I think that since I was at my mom's womb, it was already traumatic. So I was born um you know, my mom had this relationship with this man and they were living abroad and my father was a married man. So, you know, I was that child that was not supposed to happen, that was not <laughs> supposed to be here. Uh, I'm sure I ruined a lot of my mom's plans because usually, you know, when you have a child and it's unexpected and it is what happens right so you and, mm. and right now in my life i'm like i don't have children and i don't think i'm gonna have children because i know that it takes work and the amount of you know like you have to sacrifice certain things um but yeah so i'm sure that uh it wasn't expected and it was something that nobody wanted to happen but you know what mm, it happened uh, so when I was born, uh, my mom went back to, to Angola to have me. And then we lived there for a short period of time. So I was born Angolan. And when I was about um, seven years old, I went to, to Portugal to, to live with my mom, my um, little brother, and also my stepfather. So when we lived in Angola, I didn't have a lot of relationship with my father. Like, it was kind of unexistent. Uh, I remember yeah. seeing him like once uh, in my life. Um, but when I'm talking about my childhood, it's a little bit difficult because I don't have a lot of memories. My brain pretty much just erased some of the things that happened. You know, I do have mm. strong memories of things that really affected me the most. Um, but some memories are just very blurred. So I remember seeing my father maybe once or a couple of times. Like the only memory, I, I just have the memory of seeing my father once when I was a kid. So then we moved to Portugal. And when we moved to Portugal, I was... Well, I was kind of brainwashed to believe that my kind of look at me using words to <laughs> to make it look lighter. But it's well, I won't. Uh, I was not kind of. I was made to believe that my stepfather was my father. Okay. So uh, imagine, right? Uh, and my stepfather was just an abusive uh, person in. Um, all the ways you can imagine, like physically. Um, and then after a couple of years living in Portugal, I suffered like um, sexual abuse also. We're talking about an, an appropriate touching with a child, you know, repeatedly over the years until I was a teenager. Uh, so yeah, physical violence and of course, psychological violence because, you know, I was supposed to keep all these secrets with nobody to help me uh it was just mm. tough 
it was just like really tough. I was living in Portugal. By then, we didn't have a lot of black people around. So I was the only black girl at school. And, you know, my life was obviously different from everyone else around me. Or so I thought, because now I know that a lot of people have been through sexual abuse, physical abuse and everything, right? But at the time, it was just like confusing, uh, lonely, traumatic. It's just like I start thinking of my childhood and I don't even know <laughs> where to start because there's yeah. so much trauma yeah. uh, and dysfunction around me. And your stepfather, did, uh, did your mom meet your stepfather in Portugal or did she meet him in Angola? So they've met in Angola. I don't know the circumstances, but they, they've met in Angola. And from Angola, we all moved to, to Portugal. Portugal. And from what you can remember, when did abuse start? Did it start when you moved to Portugal or did it start? Uh, it started like almost immediately after we moved to, to Portugal. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a weird atmosphere in Angola from what I can remember. But mm. the abuse did not show up, you know, it was... I, I think my mom probably thought that she was in a very, like, normal relationship. Um, and um, my stepfather, he had problems with the drinking. So I think this was um, even more enhanced when we moved to Portugal. You know, a stressful situation and then it's mm. like drinking and, you know, uh, circumstances of life. So, but it, it started in, in Portugal and a little bit after we, we moved. And... From what you can remember, was the abuse only happening to you or did it happen to your siblings as well or your mother as well? Uh, the abuse was happening only towards me. I was definitely treated different. So I had my brothers just with... I have two brothers. Well, I have more brothers, but from my mom's yeah. side, I have yeah. two brothers. And so my little brother was witnessing the abuse and then another brother of mine was uh, born but he was younger so he didn't witness as mm. much uh which is interesting because then we kind of compare <laughs> yeah what happened to you <laughs> it doesn't match <laughs> and it doesn't match you yeah know? um yeah so it was it was towards me it was like actually you know what this is the this is i was like the target you know yeah with the physical abuse, what was that like for the first time when it happened? Oh my God, I, I have a blog post on this. <laughs> it, <laughs> like, it, it is, the thing is that I loved this person. Like, he was supposed to be my father. Like, mm. later on, my grandmother told me that this guy was not my father. I was like, what the, <laughs> like, what? I didn't <laughs> what? know. Like, I was so innocent. Uh, like, I had a different name from my brothers. And I didn't realize, like, I was so freaking innocent. Like, that's how little I was. So, the first time it happened, it was, first of all, like, shock. And, and then it was like, why? Like, why is this happening to me? And the desperation from seeing that nobody was going to help me, you know. So the first time it was really like, what? what? Like, where is this coming from? You know, when you, when you are with somebody and then they betray you in like an ugly way. It was like, mm. like this, but 10 times worse. Because this guy, he was supposed to be my father, you know. 
And when you are a kid, you look up to the guy and the woman inside your house. Like, that's it. They're your world. Like, they're, they're like yeah. superheroes. You admire them, right? And he was a big guy, you know? And it's like he was my, my everything because he was supposed to be my father, you know? Uh, so the first time, it was just like the shock and the disappointment and I do remember the physical pain, but like the emotional pain was way stronger because your brain cannot, that's why child, childhood trauma is so, so, so traumatizing and it gets you in a worse point than sometimes when things happen to you in an adult life, you don't have the brain to process things. Your personality yeah. is not there yet. Your brain is still you know, forming, like, how do you process this thing? Like, this person who is supposed to be your father is beating you up, like, really beating you up violently. And it doesn't seem to stop, you know. And then uh, I remember that I was, I like, I pretty much almost fainted or did faint for a while. And, mm. you know, and, like, hmm. Why would you like nowadays? I do understand, you know, trauma, you know, hurt people, hurt people, and everything. But I still have this question in me, like, how can you, you know, like, how how could you? Yeah. Um, yeah. And did abuse happen like? Was it after he had drinks, or was it just on a normal date? Mm, like the first time it happened, it was like during lunchtime. I don't know if he had a drink. You know, um, mm. but was he a heavy drinker? Was he drinking a lot, or was uh, by it just, uh... then? I don't really know because okay. I started notice these things, noticing these things after. You know, but uh, when I started noticing, oh, so he got like this when he drinks, like he was a heavy, heavy, heavy drinker. Yeah, mm. like you know, we would buy. I would buy gallons of wine, you know, gallons. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. When you're growing up, obviously, like, when abuse started, if you know he was drinking, would you just try to hide away from, stay away from him because you, you kind of think something might happen here? Or uh, I had nowhere to go. <laughs> like, mm. You know, I could go to school. And that would be kind of a breather, but I had nowhere to go. Like we lived in a small house and I was just there and I was mm. living in fear all the time because I could be laughing right now, you know, playing around and that's a problem. I could be silent and that's a problem. I, my brother didn't do his homework. That's my problem. Uh, you know, it was just like I didn't feel I didn't have like a safe place. Mm. Actually, let me correct that. I did uh, write a lot. That was my safe place. But okay. and my God, like I was and I think I was an incredible child because I remember thinking that he could do anything to my body, but he could not get into my mind. I remember being a child and thinking of it. Yeah. So I had my own world. I had friends in my head, you know, I I wrote about things and I was very philosophical about life and stuff, like so crazy if you think about it. 
So yeah, like、mm. physical safe space, no way.、Uh, mental, mentally, yeah, I guess that's what saved my life. I had this place to go as I.、Uh, yeah, you can take your mind to another place. And did your mom ever notice the abuse? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> this is <laughs> this is a touchy topic, but. Even though I do、um, feel like a force to t- that tells me, Erica, just don't don't talk about it. I know I have to speak about it because it happens all the time. So、uh, I was a smart kid. So it's the first time it happened. I ran, I ran out of the house, you know, down the stairs. Sometimes I dream with those stairs, and it came to my mind. Oh my God, that's why you dream when you are stressed. You, I, I, I have these dreams where I'm like running down the stairs. Obviously,、uh, so、mm. yeah. So I ran down the stairs, and I went to a payphone. Do you remember those? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I went to a payphone, and I had my mom's、uh, work、uh, number, telephone number. So. Uh, yeah, so I called her and I was like, "Okay, so、uh, Daddy touched me, like in a like weird places." Yeah, I told her that.、Um, I think there was probably a discussion, like, "Oh, just don't touch my kid" or whatever.、Mm. Uh, but that was it. That was it, and from the first time it happened until I was like sixteen or seventeen, I was living in this reality, you know. A decade, so. So she knew it happened. Did she know that it was still happening, and just didn't really. Like, do you think she, sorry, do you think she knew it was happening, but didn't really get involved? I think it's a mixture of both. You know, sometimes people are killed by inaction. You know,、mm. some people are just like, "Let me just don't do anything, and this will disappear." Yes. Yeah. You know? Yes. So.、Yeah. Um, for her, like, understand that this is a woman, like an immigrant woman who is、uh, working by, you know, by herself and try to put food on the table.、Mm. So she had three kids, and、uh, this partner that would not, you know, he didn't used to work, so he was always in, always in the house. <laughs> Seriously, always、yeah. in the house to make my life a living hell. That was his job. <laughs> <Yeah> . But, <laughs> but yes, I guess this is. It was a mixture of she didn't want to believe that it was still happening, and so it was like, okay, you know, I dealt with it, and、mm. and I'm doing my thing. I'm taking care of my kids. You know, sometimes people just they just tell themselves what they want to hear and what they want to feel, and some people are really able to to live with this.、Mm. And and yeah, that's what happened. But I cannot really talk for her. You know, I can、yeah. I can only guess. You know, and I I did have a conversation with her when she told me like she dealt with the situation in the moment. I was like, no, you didn't. Like, <laughs> no, you didn't. What's <laughs> happening? Like, what about the, the years after? You know, and but what can I say? Yeah, and with the beating, sorry, with the beating, you would have the obviously would have been marks and on your body, like. And when you go to school the next day, did anyone ever say like, "What happened to you?" Or 
That's interesting. Like uh, the first time I was beat, it was very, very, very like I had like an eye stroke. So I went to school and people were asking me what happened. But the thing is that they both like my mom and my stepfather, they, they sat down with me and they were they, they told me like, just tell everyone you hit your eye against the table which is very stupid like who does that <laughs> seriously okay <laughs> but like seriously like who does that who does that and does this cause you a nice tr- i don't know but anyway so i was instructed to tell a lie to everybody so that's what i've done because i mean your mom is telling you to do this and they told me like specifically don't tell the family don't tell anyone like if anyone asks you this is what you are going to do and and of Mm. course that's what i'm going to do and so i told everyone the story and i remember that my my colleagues at school like my classmates they were looking at me like with such disgust you know because it's an impressive thing to see you know an eye stroke, yeah. eyes all red and stuff. So, no, nobody really took the time to, wait a minute, this is very weird. What happened to this child? No. Okay. It Do didn't. It yeah. didn't happen. You just said, like, this, I fell or I hit myself and yeah. people just kind of went mm-hmm. along with the story that you're telling. Yeah, exactly. And I do know that some family members knew that, uh, you know, my stepfather was kind of violent. But I guess they didn't want to, you know, the whole story of don't, uh, don't, this is not your responsibility. And, you know, every don't family, get involved. Don't get involved. Every family has, which is like, for me, it's one of those things that get me like, huh? Hell, hell no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. get involved. <laughs> but yeah, so nobody was like, okay, what happened to you, Erika? No. And would you say growing up you're an angry child? Angry? Yeah. No. No? You're just happy it's even... crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Like, I was such a good... I'm still a good person, but as no, a what, what, child... When I, when I mean angry, I mean like, like an anger where you don't express it. I, when I was very, very little, I didn't, you know, I was just sad. I was sad and disconnected. Seriously, I would go to school and people would not notice me. I would, I was like invisible. I was not living. I was just, that's what happens sometimes in trauma. You disconnect, Mm. right? You dissociate from your reality. And I think that's what happened to me. So I was not um, angry, you know, and I was not, I, I didn't. But when I start to get into my 15s, 14s, I was like, one day I'm going to kill this guy. That like <laughs> yeah. I was, I was really, and, and I remember being like, uh, you know, just you're going to beat me anyway. So I'm just going to say what I want, you know, but that was like towards my 15 years old or 16 but for the most part i was just sad and disconnected and just like no feelings whatsoever just 
um, anxiety maybe, you know, maybe not for sure, but not angry. Yeah. It's crazy, but no. Disconnection is usually um, what a child's mind does when it, when the stress is too much, they just disconnect. And that's what happens with memories. They just get suppressed and you just don't remember them. Exactly. You, you, you can have the feelings, but it's no memory in your mind. So you don't know where the feeling is coming from. Crazy. And the amount of people that only get those memories when they are like in their adult life. Yes, it life, shows up in your adult life. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And Whoa. you're like, where is that coming from? I don't remember that. But yeah. <laughs> and w when did abuse stop? Uh, when I was 17, 16 to 17. 16, yes, because at 17 then I was in college. But yeah, when I was uh, 16, there was this situation. Uh, it, like, there was a, a weird conversation between my mom, my neighbor and I. Uh, where my neighbor was like, you mm. have to do something like your mom, she doesn't have the courage, something like this. Uh, and because she would always tell us that she was going to move only with us children and he was going to, you know, and we were going to just leave him. But that would never Run happen. Away. <laughs> Run away. Exactly. like. But then we would move and. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh. just exactly. So, but this time, uh, when I was 16, um, so something happened in the household. He was like chasing me, help, like calling me a pig, telling me to go to the toilet and wash myself, you know, and just leave. Like, I'm sorry, this may be a little bit disturbing to people, but it, it was a very weird situation. So I started to scream and to fight back. And that was the first time I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. So I started to fight him back. Like he was at least 190. He was a big guy, mm. a big guy. And I started to fight him. And so I ran away and I started to scream like crazy, asking for help. And I jumped from a window. We were living like on the first, first floor, the ground floor. Um, so yeah, so I just jumped and started running away. And some neighbors took me in. Uh, and I was like to my mom, I was like, like now you have to choose, man. <laughs> you have to choose. It's me or this guy. Um, <laughs> and eventually we ran away. We didn't move. We ran away to a different city. And uh, when he arrived home, he was, he was by himself. Then we saw him a couple of times. And this story is so crazy because... Um, after we left, uh, he found out he had cancer. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, we saw him a couple of times. And I used to bring him food because nobody would care to, you know, take him food. And so you used to bring him food yeah. after you mm. moved out? Yeah, brought him food, went to even see him. After, at Even hospital. after everything is done to you? Do you think it's that because you're no longer afraid of him? Mm. No, no. Uh, first of all, I was instructed by my mom and nobody else would do it. So I did it. <laughs> okay. uh, and then I, 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 I had this question when so somebody would like, why would you do that? 
And, and I got to the conclusion that once, like I went to a therapist um, not so long ago after my, my biological father passed, and she was like, that's when you got your power back. Because after all he's done, here you are needing me, the only person who hurt you, you know? Mm. And the other version is like, I was waiting for an apology. And from I was, him? From him. And I was yeah. very mad that he would die and not give me that apology. To be completely honest, I think that's was, that was the thing on my mind. I was like, don't you dare okay. go without an apology. Uh, never had it. <laughs> no, never said. Even though you're the last person helping him, you never acknowledge what he did or... No, no. Maybe he tried. I don't know. His last days were really, you know, but maybe that was only my impression. I don't know. So yeah. I never actually, you know, heard, you know, the words, I'm sorry, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, yeah, that's what you're going. A, a part of you wanted an apology. I think so. That, yeah, that never came. And how was your relationship with your family then after he he passed? I Did mean, everything just go back to like normal, if that's I, even the right word? <laughs> like nothing happened, you know. So we're just here and that's yeah. it. And you're going to college and, you know, and life goes on. And there's and did you, no conversation, no nothing about what happened. Do you ever talk to your siblings about it after oh, yes. he was away? Yes, yes, we did. Yeah. We did speak. Like recently, we we talk more about it. You know, with my younger younger brother, not so much because we don't have like an, a shared experience per se. But with my other brother, yes, we do talk about things and and yeah, we say you know what it was tough. It was crazy. You know, mm. it doesn't make any sense. And we're happy that we are at point where we when we where we are able to talk about it like i'm so amazed even to have this conversation with you and just be so chilled about it it's just so crazy because some years ago like i would never have this conversation yeah and this is so so important but this is kind of recent you know when we moved and everything there were no conversations at all like no processing no nothing you know and when did you decide that you had to start processing these traumas hmm. like w what happened because it's easier to just get on with your life and uh, pretend well you know that happened but yeah. you don't want to f because no one wants to face those things it's very difficult so that's the thing james like i used to think it was easier to just keep going like nothing happened because that's what i've learned like my entire life there's no proof that the other way can work you know there is no proof that after i face all this pain i can actually be happy but i was living here in the canary islands and uh, i was at this time where i had no job i had no boyfriend I had no house, you know, <laughs> like I was living in this tiny bedroom with my dog, completely miserable. Like I, I, I was miserable all the time. I will laugh all the time, you know, at people and be nice and everything. But I was yeah. not happy. I was not happy. And 
one day I was just walking and well mind you that I started you know to practice yoga and this you know these kind of things always help you mm. to open your mind a little bit but yeah I, I was walking and I was like look at this like I'm by myself again like my boyfriend left uh, I don't have a house I don't have money like it's always the same I was like this is always the same and mm. I do love to blame, not now, but I did love to blame my stepfather and my mom and my father who abandoned me and everybody. Like, I was very busy blaming everybody. But the reality yeah. of the situation is that uh, I, like, they were not there anymore. Mm. And I know that this is tough love towards myself, but I really needed to, you know, be real with me, you know, be real with myself. And I was like, nobody's here. Like, I'm doing this to myself. You know, I was like, I need to change. I need to get my, can we, can we curse? I'm sorry. I'm such a cursor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I need to get my things together and I need to change my life. Like, this is not working. Like, I don't deserve this. And then, you know, I started to think like, I don't deserve this. I didn't do any harm to anybody. Like mm. everybody, like the, the guy who did all these things to me, he, he's not here anymore. Like he died. And, you know, my mom, she's not she cannot control me anymore like i'm here my father like who is here like where where is, yeah where where is he like he's not here so it was like a realization that it was only me but that wasn't necessarily a bad thing and that gave mm. me like a little bit of a power to start doing like little changes in my life you know and and yeah so i started with personal growth i did very stupid things like googling how to be happy <laughs> and <stuff like> <laughs> a lot of people google that <laughs> yeah but like we have to start somewhere because you do we i didn't know how to like i couldn't relax i obviously suffered from ptsd i was obviously anxious I had mm. nightmares pretty much every night. I had to sleep with a light on because otherwise I could not sleep. Like that wasn't living. So, so yeah. So I just came to, to a point that was like, okay, and it, like, you know what? We need to change this because the way we're doing things is not working. So I was like, oh, let me just do the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Let <laughs> me see. see what... <laughs> yeah. And w when you went on that journey, I'm guessing at the start was very, everything was new for you. Oh, yes. And, uh, and it was difficult and uh, a lot to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's, a, it's a big mindset shift and a lifestyle shift as well. It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, like when I started like journaling, but really journaling about what happened when I started, you know what, let me have a, a practice of yoga, like a real practice of yoga where I do everything. Um, when I practice every day, I started mm. doing like, do you know about miracle mornings? Um, I've heard the term miracle morning, but okay. I don't know what's it. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I will explain anyway. That's probably some, some people don't know about it, but like miracle mornings is just pretty much a very organized morning where you do a bunch of things to start your mm. day, right? So yes. you exercise, you read, uh, what else do you do? You are silent for a bit. And you do a bunch of stuff that puts you in the right mood, right? Mm. And um, I started doing miracle mornings. Like, I was not a sports person at all. You know, I was just like slightly getting into the yoga world, but I was not a sports person at all. And mm. I was doing all these things that I've never done before. 
you know, I was waking up early because the before is like I used to wake up at 12, right? Like terrible sleep. And then I was just snoozing. So I did these changes in my life. And it was like, ah, like the first times, the first time I realized like, look at, like, look at me. Like I am actually enjoying my day. What you're doing. Yeah. Like I am enjoying my day. I don't, I don't feel sad. I feel, it was like, I was blown away. I was like, oh my God, I have to tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't know it was possible for me because I thought I was completely broken, you know? I thought that my reality just took me there and that was life. Life is like this, just mm. accept it, you know? And then I was like, look at this. I, hadn't, I started this journey because I had nothing to lose. I was yes. already crappy, like I was feeling like crap. And I was like, I better just try this and see if it works. You know, it's not that I was like, okay, I can do this. I believe in yeah. myself. No. <laughs> no, I was just like, no. let me just try this meditation thing and see if it works. And, you know, it did work. I've done a lot of, you know, personal growth work, meditation, you know, <laughs> I went to yoga mm. to learn. <laughs> I went to yoga. I went to India to learn yoga. And How long were you in India for? Oh, not much. Three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but it was awesome. But it was awesome. It was awesome. It was, um, it was the first time I was able to sit in silence. Uh, I cried all my pain away. Listen to me. Uh, because there was so much silence. We would be silent for, you know, pretty much the, the entire day. Um, mm. and you know and all the yoga and um, movement thing just all the energy starts it's bringing out a lot of that oh yeah but it was so yeah. liberating it was very very liberating i yeah. advise everyone well now with covid it's complicated but i advise that if you can in your life just do um you know go to an ashram in india and mm, release everything try. Yeah. Release as much as you can. <laughs> and how was the the relationship with your therapist? Um, okay, so let me tell you about therapy because uh, <laughs> I am a very, I don't know, like a perfectionist person and I think that I can do everything by myself or I, that I need mm. to do everything by myself right now. Uh, I'm way better at it. But for the first month for the first years of my journey i didn't go to therapy i didn't i did everything by myself and now i know that if i would have gone to therapy i would be okay in like three months probably <laughs> <laughs> but yes i didn't know better and i really wanted to give it a try and, you mm. know, and so i relied a lot on my personal growth uh, books and trainings and, and yoga and meditation. Meditation helped me tremendously. Uh, and so fasting forward, uh, last year, my, uh, my biological father passed away. And since now I know better, I was like, okay, you know what? We're going to therapy because I'm not going to deal with this by myself. Mm. I can probably do this by myself, but it will take me like three years to get over with. And I don't want to do this, you know, to myself. So, uh, so I got this therapist. I wanted to make sure it was 
a black woman and that she has been through some similar similar things that <laughs> yeah. I've been through. Uh, I think that people now, before people would be like, ah, but now everybody kind of understands where I'm coming from. So yeah, so oh, this amazing black woman and she has been through very a very similar situation and so she totally got me. And so we went through this uh, process and this entire process was supposed to be about my father dying and you know, how can you process? And it was like such, it was such a huge pain that I never mm. thought I was going to feel because our relationship was very all over the place. No. We were not yeah. connected per se. We were not talking all the time. Sometimes I would forget that he exists because that's yeah. how, you know, how absent he was. So I was like, what the hell? What am I feeling right now? Like, it's some, I cannot even explain. I think that only somebody who lost a parent can know what I'm talking about because it, it is like you, it's like you losing an organ or something or a member. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Like, it's crazy how painful it is. It is really crazy. And I didn't expect to feel this. So I was worried. I was like, am I being depressed? Like, what is happening? I didn't know what to do with what I was feeling. So I went to therapy and, and we spoke about it. Uh, and we, we got to the conclusion like together that um, that was the first time after a long, long time where I felt that I had no control over something. And, you know, that there was nothing left to do. So my mind went back to all my trauma and everything that happened to me because by then I didn't have any control. Like whatever happens, it's completely out of, outside of my control and I yes. don't know how yeah. to process this. I don't know what to do. So my father's passing besides, you know, all the, the grieving that it's normal and it needs to happen. Please, please grieve, please cry, please do whatever you need to feel better. Uh, yeah, so that was it. It was a beautiful journey. Uh, it was a short journey, actually. I was with her, I think, that for three months or so. Mm. Um, and she was like, I think you have all you need, Erica. I think you, I think you have the tools. I think you have it. So she let me go <laughs> very politely. Mm. Uh, and, and it was awesome. And I felt very good. And I would rely on therapy again. If I, I, and I advise anyone, if you are going through some changing in your life, if you are feeling you know, overstressed, just go to freaking therapy. Uh, and right now I'm working with a coach. Uh, and I love her. I've been working with her. Uh, I don't know, are we going to two years, uh, a year, I think, or so, but I'm mm. working with her on a, you know, on a regular basis and I love her and just, you know, just keep everything, keeps everything on check, you know, my yeah. feelings, yeah. where yeah. I want to go in life and everything, yeah. And do you ever talk to your partner about your, your traumatic event? To my your partner oh my partner yeah absolutely yeah he knows everything yeah <laughs> yes he knows everything like from the beginning to the end and he is very aware and we are very very open in our relationship 
And for me, at the beginning, it was very, very hard. Uh, I tried to be yeah, open. That must have been difficult to bring that <laughs> to bring up that yeah, topic like, even when do you do that you know over lunch yeah you're like, like <laughs> yeah he's like, <laughs> like, he's like we're just having lunch what's going on <laughs> yeah, like, and you don't want and uh, you don't want to ruin people's day or like this idea that they have of you you yeah. know yes like did you just one day decided to share or did he ask questions or? <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I wanted to tell him mm. for a while, but I just how, didn't know yeah. how to. How, yeah. yeah. And then one day I, I knew of a situation. I cannot get into the details, so I don't give the person away. So I, I, somebody came to me with information. Mm about a young lady, you know, being abused by her father. And I got triggered. Yes. And I was like, I didn't, like, I can't. The anger came back, did it? You know, I was all, like, I was walking around the house like crazy. He wasn't mm. here anymore. But like, and he came and I had this face like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't. Which is good because before I would, you know, put on the poker face. And all of a sudden, I was just, you know, uh, I was like, I need to talk to you. So I took him to this random, I have three rooms in this house. And I just took him to the more the most random room because I didn't want it to be my room, you know, our room. Yeah. That would be very weird. Yeah. So I just lay down in, in this room where my dog sleeps. My dog has a room. <laughs> So I just lay down and I just started like crying, you know, I just started like, you know, uh, I just, I wanted everything to be very glamorous and, you know, and no. together, but that wasn't no. the deal. I was freaking t triggered and I was crying and I was like, I'm tired of this. <laughs> <laughs> this happened to me too. It's not going to happen again in my family. You know, I was like all over the place, but, you know, eventually... I, I just told mm. him and then after a couple of days, you know, just, you know, calm down and I just told him about everything and, you know, and sometimes I add a little bit of a detail. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't just yeah. throw it all on the table. <laughs> no. <laughs> but now we are getting yeah. light, you know, over yeah. the situation. Now he's like, oh, is this a trauma? Not maybe, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, traumatic event stays in our body and as as much work we do and um, it can get triggered yeah yeah but yeah. now i see trigger just, yeah. um people may think i'm crazy but that means i'm human you know if it's not limiting my my life if it's not li limiting my daily life if i get one trigger and i cry and i let mm. go you know for me, it's such because it's such a blessing. I didn't cry for so long that I, I, I tell you one thing. Nowadays, I cry, and the, after I cry, I'm like, thank you, thank you, because I wasn't able to express my feelings. You know, I would be triggered and don't talk about it because I mean that's 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 what you said. Like it stays in your body, and you can heal a lot, but something new yeah, will come knocking yeah. at your door. 
or something that you thought it was. But you know what? This is just another opportunity for, to work on it or just to release a little bit more. Because let's be honest, I have a lot to release. Like, yeah. I cannot do it. Probably not no. in my yeah. lifetime. Yeah, no, it's a, a the triggers when they come up. I think if you acknowledge them and uh, like release some of it and you come back again and you just do the same. But if you uh, if you go down a road of uh, avoiding and pretending it's not happening, it, it doesn't go away. That's the thing. No. When you look things in the eye, usually they become smaller, you know? So if you're like, okay, I got triggered, what is happening? You know, and you deal with it and you cope with it, you know, or work with a therapist or with personal growth or with your coach or whatever, mm. it's completely different. Yeah, yeah. And um, why do you share your story? So I know it's it's not easy to talk about trauma, especially childhood trauma, because um, one, it brings a lot of shame. And because it brings a lot of shame, it's harder for people to express it as much as they want. So it's easier to stay in silence. It is difficult, um, but it's an easier option. So like for you, what do you think is important to kind of just be open about it? Because for me, it made a total difference to know that some of my friends have been through what I've been through. And it made a difference to go on YouTube and listen to women sharing their story. Mm. It makes a difference uh, because then you know that you are not alone and it's not so shameful anymore. Like right now, when I talk about these things, I don't feel shame. I feel scared because, you know, we are on a public platform. So this is a little bit scared, scary, but I don't feel shame anymore. Mm. And this is a topic where we are so used to feel shame as victims that we forget that the shame is not on us. Like the shame is on the person who practices this. And silence is only perpetuating the abuse. Mm. Like if I wasn't silent, if we did something, because sometimes you cannot prevent abuse. I, I'm realistic about it. But you can prevent everything that is going to happen after. So let's talk about it. So everyone knows that, you know, one in five can go through this situation. Yes. And here is how it goes. Here is how you can heal. There are different ways of doing. So for me, I cannot even think about being silent. Like if I could, I would go outside and start screaming about this topic. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so important. It is really, really important. And it helps people heal. Uh, it helps make people accountable because we are silent. And we are perpetuating. Mm, and the yeah. people who do this, they go, they just move on with their lives. And as victims, we have a whole, you know, like who pays for therapy? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. Like yeah. who pays for all the years of my youth that I was completely disconnected and I could not deal with life? Like, you know, so that's why it's important to talk about it. And the more, I think the more we talk about it, the more the shame is, is released, mm. you know? And as we speak, the easier it gets to speak. I'm talking to you like in a very, you know, comfortable manner. I don't know. But that's because I had dozens, yeah. <laughs> hundreds of conversations before that makes yeah. things easier. 
So, so that's, that's, why, that's why I speak. It was because of my healing at first, you know. I needed to say it out loud. Yeah, yeah. It I is think, true. Yeah. Uh, now, now it's like a societal thing. Mm. I, I want people to talk about this. I want us to finally start doing something about this. This is crazy. Like one in five yeah. people. And these are the people that actually speak. Like, come on. There are a lot of uh, many, many people who live with a childhood trauma. And um, there's many people as well who have trauma that they don't even know. Yeah. And have you forgiven your abuser? Yes. Yeah. I did. Yeah. But I What did you mean not but? <laughs> but no. No, it's not a but. It's not a but. I yeah. did forgive him and I was blessed to have this opportunity to forgive him. Uh it was completely unexpected. It happened during a meditation. Uh don't ask me how. I was just sitting down and I had this vision of his whole life uh just in front of my eyes and I saw um, you may say it's real, it's not real, that's what happened. But I saw his childhood and I was like, okay, I forgive you. Mm. Uh, and then I never again had a nightmare with him. I had one dream where he was looking at me, he was silent. I was looking at him, we did not say a word and he left. And my nightmares were gone. Okay, so the, the nightmares stopped. Yeah. When you've done the... When this happened. Forgiveness. Yeah. 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 It is difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. To get to that stage of forgiveness. Yeah. And, and I want to add my but. My but is that uh, all of our experiences are different. I don't think everybody should forgive. Uh, I don't think it's your um, duty to forgive anyone you can just heal and move on with your life and not being able to forgive. Um, let's not add stress to the victims and make them think that they have to forgive. Like, it's not mandatory. And forgiveness is a very abstract word. Not everybody even know what that means. And uh, some people think that it's like, you know, I forgive you, so I accept what happened and... Mm. It was all right. So I'm, I'm not into that. Uh, I was blessed to be able to forgive. And that helped me a lot in my journey. But I will never tell somebody that that's what you need to do. You know what I mean? I just wanted to add the but. Yeah. Because sometimes in the healing and personal growth world, we just tell people like this is how it goes. And we forget that not always. It depends. No, no, it's not. Do you agree with yeah. me? Yeah, you you have to get ready. It's easier to to say, "Oh, just forgive them." And when you're talking about forgiveness as well, the victim will feel like if you forgive someone, you you're saying like like that, like it's okay. What you did to me was fine, and I'm just not gonna forgive you. You kind of have that in your mind that if I forgive you, I'm accept like I'm letting you away with it. <laughs> you like when you forgive someone, you know yourself. You're not forcing it. It'll come naturally. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think that's the point. You don't force yourself to forgive somebody. You just try to heal whatever you have inside you. And mm. it may or may not come. 
you know, it happened to me. I yeah. cannot tell yeah. you it's yeah. gonna. If you keep saying it to yourself, you're not actually forgiving. You're just saying it. <laughs> and um, what's one thing you're proud of? Well, being here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On a Friday night. <laughs> just being here and being able to just enjoy life. Even like I have an amazing relationship, which is like I'm very proud of. But what I'm most proud of is the relationship I have with myself. I can just lay down on the grass and just stare at the sky and be happy after everything that happened to me. Like, damn, like that's that's an achievement. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm proud yeah. of. Like, yeah. That's it. Yeah. And um, what does well-being mean to you? Uh, well-being mean for me right now that I'm like 35. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, being at peace with whatever. You know, being able to maintain my peace, you know, mm. that's well-being. You, you mentioned coaching. Are you doing some coaching? Yes. Uh, not right now. You interrupted my break. <laughs> Thank you, James. But, but, but you are teaching people. But I love it. I love it. Look. What are you teaching people? <laughs> so here's, here's the deal. Uh, I'm going to start coaching again in January. I took mm. a break because I needed to take a break. Besides of all the things that I do, I'm also a primary school teacher uh, okay. and I teach infants as well. So I, I, was, I was drained. I needed to, to have a little bit of rest. And mm. when you are, you know, when you are healing and you are healing people, uh, it can be a little bit intense. And I want to give out, like, show you the best version possible because I know it's like a complicated topic and I need to be 100 so I, I wanted to just take some time, to, you know, to take a breather, to just mm. write freely about the things that I want to write. So in January, I'm getting back at it. Uh, I'm going to have a coaching program up on a platform uh, and, and I'm going to start coaching again. Hopefully, I'm going to have like, uh, you know, some, yeah. some women and help them through the process of, of and, and the coaching is that like personal development or it is mostly personal growth and and personal. healing work that's okay. what we do in our session and what sort of stuff do you read <laughs> i love personal growth books oh my god like give me some titles <laughs> oh listen i have to curse now you made me i'm reading <laughs> is that the name of the book yes <laughs> I'm reading The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And I'm having so much fun with this book. I'm laughing a lot and and I'm loving like the premise of the book. I'm loving mm. the you are not that special vibe, you know. Uh, I I love the book. So that's that's what I'm reading now. And when you um go into your self-discovery journey, what's what sort of stuff were you reading at that time? Uh, I think the, the, one of the most important... Like, what, what helped you? What helped Which me? books helped you? Eckhart, yeah. Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle, uh, The Power of Now. Okay. That book really helped me because one of the steps to healing is starting, you know, starting to learn how to be present in your life mm. and, you know, and realizing that your life is happening now and you kind of have to bring yourself constantly to the present moment at the beginning and then it kind of you know is 
it comes natural to you. And reading The Power of Now really helped me a lot in realizing that, you know what, I'm safe now. There is nothing wrong now. Yes, that happened, but what about now? I am here in this moment, and this moment is perfect. So I would say the power of now was really, really huge for me. Uh, and what was huge for me was also yoga, you know, mm. uh, reading the whole philosophy of yoga and uh, practicing yoga. So that was, that was very important for me. Uh, Super. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you very much. I don't have any more questions. <laughs> no? No, no. I had so many questions. I can keep asking you questions. I'm just worried about your time. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't, I think people would be tired. They would be like, oh my God. Still, yeah. <laughs> Is she talking? <laughs> did, you, um, did you ever find out what makes you happy when you used to Google it? How to be happy? Um, Like... Everyone has their version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, exercise. But there's one thing. There's one thing I'm going to tell you. Exercising is very important. Eating properly is very important. And sleeping properly is very important. If you're not doing this, these three, I guarantee that it's going to be harder for you to heal, to grow, to do whatever you want to do. Like, this is like the base. I, I know that sometimes we think, oh, uh, mm, whatever. It's not whatever. It is really, really important. Like if you, and I think you had a, you had a podcast where you we were talking about, uh, I don't remember his name, I'm sorry, but he was talking about how exercise helped him, you know, to deal with his mental mm. illness. Like it really, it really helps. It's scientifically proven. So if you want to be happier, just start with these three and you know, eat better, drink plenty of water, sleep, and yeah. and exercise. Yeah. That's the base. And then <laughs> there's another yeah. level to it. Yeah, yeah. Staff, yeah. Once you get those three right, uh, not even right, but once you practice in those three yeah. as best as you can, you have yeah, a good you're base. You're the ground yeah. to heal. Yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%. Ooh, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for having me. If you have enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a quick review on my Facebook page, Don't Be Afraid to Talk, or DM me on Instagram. The show notes will include all the relevant links from today's episode. If you haven't already, please download, leave a rating, and share with your friends. You might just reach the person who needs to hear this message. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. I am James Lumumba, signing off with gratitude.